0: all right welcome to the Gavin cabin we have a very very special guest uh music life coach uh good friend and master of mind fuckery uh joe <laughs> jansen how's it going
1: hi justin it's going well i really like that new um, intro you gave me there no it's a pleasure to be here i um i don't know if i'm the master of mind fuckery but i i love that i love the tagline <laughs> i love it I-
0: You know, the, the, just the work that we did together, I am very comfortable giving you that title. Um, and I mean it in a good way. I know. Yeah. I I mean it in a very good way. Let's, let's make that clear. But, um, so you, it's difficult to exactly describe what you do, but, um, basically you're a life coach and you focus on people in the music industry, specifically artists, correct?
1: That is, that is it. Yeah. It is difficult to explain what I do. Um, So yeah, I am a musician, as you know, I have been for in the music industry for about 20 years, 15 years, full time. And I have become a life coach and I choose to work very specifically with music industry creatives because I get it. I understand all the challenges. I kind of understand the brain and how you know it works um, in this industry, and I love I love the crazy the craziness of musicians. So I'm going to stick with um, this for a while. But yeah, it's basically what I do. My programs, my private coaching, and my membership are really centered around foundational mindset um, coaching, as well as self awareness discovery um, and changing the way that you do things based on development like self development. So as you know, you've been through this whole process with me. So it's hard to describe in just a couple of sentences, but that's that's how I would describe it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing program. And um I did the uh the individual one on one uh yeah. for a year, I guess. It was an yeah. entire year. That's insane. Um and I feel like I know you so well yet we've never actually met face to face. We Isn't did a Zoom not crazy (laughs) I I
1: feel the same it's so weird but like we were zooming before zooming was like yeah popular well because of pandemic (laughs) but yeah like you know it's uh yeah I feel like I know you so well also through the process but also we've never met face to face that's yeah
0: it's very odd and kind of along that I was thinking when I was sending you the zoom link how weird it felt sending you my (laughs) zoom link because I'm used to you sending me one (laughs)
1: <laughs> it also felt weird for me. And then I was like, look, there it is. There's his Zoom link. But but no, it's you know what? It's been an amazing ride watching you and being a part of everything that you're doing. You're extremely entrepreneurial and always have been, to, and just kind of watching the progression. And now that you have your own podcast, which I think is awesome and amazing that I get to be on. Because well, you've been on my podcast, which yeah, is which cool. was
0: cool. And you're the reason I have a podcast. Um, because awesome. during our, our, the second half of the year, this, the last six months of, uh, of working together, um, I have no idea what possessed me to do it, but I was on a call with you and you mentioned your podcast. I'm like, shit, I'm going to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so how do I upload a podcast? You're like, oh, you do this, this, and this, and this, and this. I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. Once I looked into it, it's, it's super simple. A monkey could do it. But
1: yeah, it really is. It's it, people think it's mystical and, and mysterious, but it's not that difficult. Yeah.
0: But when I when you explain it to me, I feel like a monkey that can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's been fun so far. Um, we're, I guess, almost halfway through kind of <clears throat> like a first season. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not quite halfway, but getting there, uh, which is kind of cool. And it's interesting doing a, a weekly thing. And um, it's been fun doing just something about nothing. Uh, and I've had podcasts ranging from uh, just literally talking, well, just recorded one, we were talking about ketchup. Um, and then uh, to more serious topics where I, I did a um, special for Bella's talk day with a friend of mine uh, about her mental health journey. Um, and so it's, it's interesting. So I definitely have you to thank for that. Uh, me giving me this crazy idea and putting one more thing on my plate so thank you
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome it is an amazing format though it is to to think think that you can put uh, people together topics together via this technology and reach out to people and just have relevance and have conversation that we weren't able to have like so many years ago when this format wasn't available so I just love it and as you know I'm a big fan of executing quickly on an idea and then committing yourself to it so you know I'm just like when you said it and you said you were going to do it I was like I know Justin he's going to do it and he's going to definitely follow through with it and that's been I think a lot of the reason for your success not only in my program but in life is that executing quickly following through and committing to it you know because it is it's even though it's not that hard every week, you got to put out a new episode because everybody's expecting it and you got to commit to it. So good for you for what, how many episodes are you at now?
0: Uh, I think this, this will make it like 15 or 16,
1: 15 or 16. Wow. 15 or 16 weeks already. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, It's insane. Awesome.
0: So I guess that's about a quarter of the way through a season, but Mm -hmm. still Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy and it's, it's fun, but, um, yeah, the, the whole idea of thinking of an idea and then executing it definitely is a fine line of bravery and stupidity.
1: You gotta, (laughs) you gotta be a little bit insane in our business (laughs) to do that. Hey, that's fine. Craziness is good in small amounts.
0: Well, and (laughs) that was the thing working (laughs) with you is you encouraged every crazy idea I had, which like 99% of the time worked out so it was awesome but I remember when the pandemic hit and I'm like fuck what am I gonna do yeah. <laughs> there's no gigs mm-hmm. like crap mm-hmm. um and then it's like hey what about drive-ins and I, I I remember I had a blank look on your face so you're like do it I'm like all right I'll do it and next week at <laughs> our call I'm like hey so I have three booked on." I don't know how we're doing the production yet, but I booked them. And and that was such a big
1: thing too. Yeah. That was such a big thing too. As part of my coaching is like executing on things quickly, but you don't have to know how to do everything from, you know, A to Z and, and really part of my success and a lot of people that work with me is this, this kind of like messy, like start, get to the next step, just in time learning, um, you know, what you need to do and having the confidence to do it and having me in front of you to go, you can do it. I got you. I believe in you. I know you're going to do it, you know, and that really is, um, is the success. It's that execution when you're not ready. It takes a lot of courage, a little bit of insanity and a lot of courage to do it.
0: You're, you're <laughs> so, kind of like the yeah, devil and the angel on your shoulders.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely because you know if you give the brain two seconds the brain will figure out a hundred reasons why not to do something it's very logical it's very responsible and it's 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 beautiful um if you want to stay stuck and do absolutely nothing and have no new results and so it's very counterintuitive to everything you learn right yeah for sure so yeah yeah, it's 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 an amazing
0: thing just letting that process happen and it it's interesting because i do like planning but For some reason, anything that actually works out is me just going, No, I'm just going to try it and I'll figure it out as I go, which is terrifying, but it works so well.
1: It is so interesting. And we've talked about this before on my podcast is that you were talking about when the pandemic hit, we had spent months and months and you had spent months and months planning your summer and your spring and you had these festivals that you wanted to get on and you didn't have every single one of them, but you had a f- quite a few that you had added. It was looking really good. There was a lot of things happening and then the pandemic hit and that plan just went like to, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? So it was complete turnaround, but you know, and this is what I've you know said to a lot of my clients. It's those people like yourself who are willing to pivot and be flexible and not have a plan who did well during the pandemic and it was a very, very difficult time for it's, it is still, I also went to zero gigs as well, like, cause I was playing full-time as well. Right. So right. um, yeah, it, it's been a very big exercise for me throughout the pandemic to realize how valuable coaching really is at a foundational level, mm-hmm. you know, it was never been needed more.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely. It definitely got me through the worst of kind of the times um and full disclosure and I've said this to you before that beforehand I did not believe life coaching was worth anything um and in all honesty when uh when our mutual friend Aaron said hey Justin you should try life coaching give Joe a call I was like yeah <laughs> eh, yeah sure thanks Um, But then it got to a point where I thought, man, I need something to change because I was not in a great place. Um, Things just didn't feel like they were going my way. And so I gave him a shout and I was like, hey, can I have that number again? Um, And within like a month, everything turned around. And it was thanks to you and just the mindset, uh, really. And it's you can know that. And I did know that, but it's impossible to do on your own. You need someone else helping guide you through that and remind you to keep going on that course and keep your brain kind of thinking straight.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I know a lot of people tell me that they're not really sure that this is for them. Or they don't really know what they're going to get out of it, and I think what I've seen, in, especially in music, is that this is such a, can be such a lonely path, you know. And for me, for like fifteen years, it was like going at everything alone and trying to pick myself up again every morning. And after being, re- you know, the rejections and everything, but when you have someone in front of you every week um, who's just guiding you through. The hardest and the best and all of those things—it's just—it's changing because you get a chance to become really aware of what you're doing and then take action. And when you do those things together and you have like awareness and action, your results are completely different, and the way you feel about it's completely different as well. So, um, I yeah, I'm so I'm so happy like to hear the way things worked out for you, but I also hear that from other people. I had somebody tell me once, I wasn't sure what it was going to get. At the end, and that at the end of their six months, they were like, you know, I literally sold my car to work with you, and I was like, okay. (laughs) And and they were like, and I was so glad because I wasn't sure what I was going to get, and I was like, you did that, and you weren't sure. Like it kind of horrified me. That's the foundation
0: of what you teach.
1: It it is the foundation (laughs) of what I teach, and I realized at that point, I was like this is so incredibly value, you know, valuable for me um, to hear that story from somebody and go, wow, like, how can you bottle that up? How can I say, you know, how can I show people at the beginning of this journey that this is going to change your entire life? This is going to change your entire life. And it's not, um, you know, it's not something that you can just like, uh show people until they're there until they're at that transformation so but it's really cool i get to work with the most the coolest people like yourself i do this all day i've been on zoom all day long today i was just talking to this amazing woman in france um uh, who's just incredible and listening to all of her things that she's done in the last month which is which is incredible so cool. um i get a lot out of it as well
0: yeah pretty, that's amazing
1: pretty, Pretty lucky.
0: So we've mentioned your podcast a couple of times now. Um I want you just to touch on that a little bit. And I'm wondering uh, what possessed you to start a podcast and was the plan uh with it to help promote your coaching, uh, your music? Was it just to have a different outlet? Like what what was kind of behind that idea?
1: Mm. So that's a good question. So my podcast, I started in February of 2019, I think, which was the same time I started my group um, pro- coaching program. I had been coaching one-on-one privately for a couple of years already. So there was a couple of thoughts behind it. One was that I wanted to learn how to get the information that I was using formatted, you know, like how to get on a microphone and for kind of figure out how to give valuable actionable information to people in the music industry and I didn't know how to market it I didn't know and so really actually I'm only really just starting to super focus on building an audience around that but that kind of happened organically Mm -hmm. Um, for me my whole goal was to do 52 episodes my goal was get to one year and see what happens in that one year. And within that one year, people started finding me, they started following me, they started signing up for my membership program because of that. Um, I got a sponsor on board that I wasn't even looking for, um, all of those sorts of things. So the reason behind it was really to like give free, actionable, valuable content to musicians to really show them what it is that I do. Cause you know we are talking about it. It's so hard for me to explain what it is that I do in a nutshell. So I just thought I'd show them. So I got on a microphone and just started coaching like right out of the gate, number one episode. I'm just like coaching my ideas and concepts that I try to bring to my programs all the time. So what you get on my podcast is really, a really small excerpt of what I do in my coaching programs.
0: Yeah, that's, um, that's a really cool thing. And to be able to kind of hear the philosophies before someone commits to sessions with you, or even, Mm -hmm. um, further than that, you kind of have like a couple steps people could take before one-on-one coaching where they can listen to the podcast, get an idea, and then they could try a group. Um, and do you have people that do that where they try the group out and then sign up for one-on-one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, Interestingly, I even have people who, who come into my group and they'll say, "I've been listening to your podcast for like six months," and then they'll come into my group program, which um, is obviously doesn't cost as much, but it's it's got a lot of information in there, and they'll they'll really get me. They, they get me on live calls. They they get um, you know a lot of them will like, like email me and speak to me, and then through that they'll decide, you know what, I think I want to take this to the very next level now. And it's a it's an exercise in tr- they have to trust that I'm gonna show up and that I am who I say I am and that I um, really want the best for it and so it it takes you know some time to develop that trust so yeah a lot of times I do have that come into my group program and they'll stay there for a little while and then they'll go into uh, private coaching from there.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that makes uh makes a lot of sense and that's a cool thing that. Uh maybe people think about using a podcast to promote but that's a really unique example i think of someone who took the podcast and kind of had an idea but it turned into so much more than you even thought about beginning wise because it became almost like a sample program for people
1: yeah it really did and i i really didn't have any expectations surrounding it i didn't know what the reaction would be I did and because I had this kind of thought process in the beginning that musicians weren't looking for life coaching you know so it was kind of like I was like how am I going to find people if they're not looking for me so I had to put myself out there and it was our friend our mutual friend like you said Aaron who Was like, when are you going to like come out of the coaching closet? Because I was just doing private one-on-one, you know, coaching, and I wasn't like telling anybody because everybody's so suspicious of everybody in the music industry, you know, and all those things. And so this was me really saying, okay, I'm going to take this to a bigger level. I'm going to try to serve uh, more people in you know the best possible way. And it's you know, I'm I'm in my hundred and eighth episode, so it's it's definitely not anything I will stop doing anytime soon. I love it. I love yeah. creating the podcast. Um, it really helps me put some thought process around new concepts too. When I define like a new concept, and I can bring that to my coaching program, I generally try it out on my podcast first.
0: Yeah, that's so, that's super cool. And yeah, it's a, it's a neat way to vet out things before you take it. Well, it's kind of like being a musician if if yeah. you're playing a couple like crap hole bars before you play a festival, and you want to try out some new songs. <laughs> yeah. That's the time to do it. Not that a podcast is the equivalent to a, a no, no,
1: dive bar, true. but
0: like the le- the lower pressure stuff where I- if one doesn't work, there's going to be another one next week. It's fine.
1: Yeah. And I've had in the, in the early days actually where I did like a whole episode and I was like, that's kind of crap. I think I'll <laughs> delete that. <I've, laughs> I haven't done it since I've gotten really good at it. But musicians, don't you find we're actually this is a really good thing to do because we're so used to being on a microphone. If you're used to playing live, a podcast isn't that hard. Like it's like knowing that I have an audience out there and knowing what I want to give to them. um, It's sort of an extension of who I am as a musician, you know, to to talk.
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) so I I can't shut up for one. So (laughs) it's, it's great. Because I'm, you know, I'm I'm talking anyway, so you put a microphone in front of me. It's just hey, I'm tape m- it. making something out of it. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, my husband does say I use up all of his words in one day too. So <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think I probably talk a lot too.
0: Well, so that's, that's all right. That's the name of the game, I guess.
1: <laughs> it it is an our game. It isn't my game. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs>
0: So if, unless people are completely accent blind, they should be able to tell that you're don't sound like you're originally from Canada.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so you're from Australia. Um, yes. Now be completely honest. Did you move here to get away from the giant spiders?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I moved here for a man. No, I always say to my <laughs> husband, I must really love you because I'm still here 20 years later. Um, uh-huh. I don't mind the spiders or the snakes okay this is going to sound completely insane but you have to have grown up where I grew up to know this what I don't like are the frogs so just (laughs) I know your face just went like what is she talking about okay I'm not talking about toads because we have cane toads as well where I grew up I grew up in the north of Australia we have plague pro- proportion, green frogs, big green frogs, like big as my hand, green frogs. And it's common where I grew up for people to be afraid of frogs. <laughs>
0: like, All right.
1: it's, it's a common thing. Ale- um, crocodiles don't, don't bother me. Snakes don't bother me. Um, spiders don't bother me. Sharks, but the frogs. And it's so stupid and irrational, but the frogs frogs are the worst <laughs>
0: I, did, I did not know that i uh, see yes. i'd i'd be excited about that because i'm a big fan of frog legs so that sounds heavenly to me
1: oh <laughs> no you gotta see them you have to so just when you're done just google google north queensland green frogs all right i will it you'll be like <laughs> that's the most disgusting thing i've ever seen <laughs> So people go all the time, don't you know that green frog, don't you know that green frogs mean that you live in a your environment is healthy? I'm like, I don't care. I don't <laughs> want the green frogs anywhere near my house. So right? Yeah, no, I did. I grew up in I grew up in probably one of the most tropical parts of Australia. And I moved here shortly after I got married. And we were young and we were like, oh, we can move back to Australia any day. And 20 years later, we're still here in Alberta, but Alberta has been also an amazing place to live. You know, it's just the six months of winter that I don't like. (laughs)
0: It's not that bad. Uh,
1: Eight months. All right. Eight months. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not, it, it's a hard, this time of year, like we were just talking about earlier before you turned it up, turn the, uh, record button on it's warmed up about 40 degrees so i'm really happy today but i generally find january february to be the hardest, hardest here but um you know i just i moved here to start a life with my husband and i immigrated so i am a passport carrying canadian as well as a passport carrying australian very proud of being from both of those places i love both countries i think we're we live in an amazing place So um, I can't say, you know, that I'm not lucky in that respect. I get to go home. I cheer for Australia in the Summer Olympics and Canada in the Winter Olympics. That's a smart bet. Right?
0: That's a really smart bet. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it is.
0: See, that's the thing. I don't really like the Summer Olympics because I just know we're going to get our asses handed to us.
1: Yeah. Boxing,
0: sometimes we have a leg up. Just because we're, especially like those big Quebecois woodsmen that are like, yeah. I'm gonna be a boxer. It's like, yeah, finally we got something. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I had a question lined up, and I fr- oh yeah, so that <laughs> I didn't actually know that you had dual citizenship. That's yeah. actually something that um, fascinates me. Do you have to pay taxes in both countries?
1: I don't. Um... No, what I had to do though, was like wrap up all of my taxation paperwork there to make sure that I wasn't like in, you know, behind or anything when I moved here. So there was a process of me wrapping up all of my taxation, by the way, they still made me pay all my student loans that I had from university. (laughs) So Uh, I had to pay all my student loans Right, because they're kind of like in Australia, we have a system where you can go to university if you don't have the money, if you're from a low income family, um, but you owe the taxation. Um, so that's called uh, the Australian tax off. It would be like owing the CRA for your student loans. Right. So I had to pay all of that out um, as soon as I could mm-hmm. and then kind of wrap up those things. So now I just pay in Canada um, taxation right now. And, you know, it's an interesting thing because if I was ever to move back there, there would be a lot of taxation issues with taking any money or uh, income here. I may actually have to pay on it again if I went into Australia. So that a lot of people ask me why I ha- we haven't moved back or I- is it difficult? That's one of the big difficulties of moving back is mm. that it's, it's very difficult to move your assets to another country. Yeah,
0: I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um... And see, that's why I was just asking, because it fascinates me, the dual citizenship thing, because I would just assume that if you have um, a citizenship in both countries that you can kind of go between them fairly Mm. easily, but Mm. apparently not. So,
1: yeah, I mean, if you want a vacation, sure. If you, and, and I can go there and make money, like I can go there and play music and make money, no problem, but then I would have to put it a tax file, um, a taxation, income tax return in in Australia as well. But
0: you don't need to go through any visas or anything to do that.
1: No, no. But I have to hold an Australian, a valid Australian passport. And that process is very difficult in Canada. I actually have to fly to Vancouver. I have to fly myself and my two children to Vancouver with me if I want to get their passports updated and go stand in front of a, uh, you know, little booth for about two seconds just to get the passport you know face to face so that they, they can see me and then fly back to Edmonton so the whole thing is very expensive to so do. is that just because there's <laughs> yeah
0: a, an embassy in Vancouver and nowhere else in Canada or oh
1: yeah exactly before COVID they they actually started before COVID bringing people out to Alberta in different places to, like so like twice a year you could go see them. But if I just booked a a flight to Australia and my passport wasn't valid um, and I was leaving in a month, this is what happened to me last time. I have to go and all the way to Vancouver, get a valid passport so that I can book my ticket. Otherwise they deny me entry to Australia. So I still have to hold a valid Canadian passport and a valid Australian passport. And because my children are dual citizens as well, all three of us have to have that all of the time. Hmm so it can get very expensive
0: yeah that's complicated
1: <laughs> yeah it is a little bit but they and they keep changing the rules all the time yeah. they change of course you know do. to suit yeah yeah it's so much fun yeah,
0: yeah that's 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 what always happens you just get used to it and then bang, yeah different
1: exactly yeah
0: huh, interesting yeah so I, that i didn't know that see i learned something new today i nice. i can go back to bed yeah <laughs> Um, so before you moved, were you kind of full fledged music or did that develop when you moved and you kind of put more into that? Like what was the timeline on that?
1: Yeah, it was actually a little bit before I moved. So I went, um, I studied university straight out of high school and I, then I worked professionally in, um, in the, in the outback actually in an underground mine for a couple of years as a computer um analyst. And then I decided to take off and do music. And I actually went left and went to Colorado and um toured with a musical, an actual musical road show for a year. That's where I met my husband. So he was doing sound.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He was doing
1: sound um and singing in the musical a little bit. He was very wanted to be in the background, but it's a very good singer.
0: Was he did he have a microphone at the booth or (laughs)
1: no 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 they would pull him into the show every now and then and then he would resist and he didn't he wouldn't didn't want to do it and then he would go back to the sound booth and um so we did a stage show to a two-hour musical all over north america and europe for 12 months
0: wow and
1: yeah and then um we ended up getting engaged at the end of that i was 20 22 he was 23 at that time so That was really my going to check out music and see if it was something I wanted to do full time. I ended up getting the lead female role in that show um, as one of the two main females. Um, And so it was really good validation for me that, okay, this is probably something I could pursue full time. So we ended up getting engaged. I toured for another six months with that company and became their vocal coach for, for them as well. And then we went back to Australia, we got married and we spent a year there and then came to Alberta. So when I came here, we were completely broke. We were like kind of starting new. So I actually worked for five years here in Canada first before I went full-time, fully fledged. I'm done, day job, never going back to it. Definitely full-time in music um, at that time. So it's kind of been a, wild ride and that was also when i had my second child so i had two kids and I, before i'd even gone okay i'm gonna go full-time country music you know that then kind of pursue that hmm. so yeah so my husband and i met through music um and then he hasn't really done music at all professionally since then uh, but i may have talked him into a little something May have talked Um, him into a little project here in the future. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah.
0: uh, I've seen a couple of live streams where you guys were playing together and your voices meld so well. Like, yeah, goodness. It sounds so good.
1: I know. I did. I don't know if it's just because I like to think it's because we, we have been singing like around the campfire for 20 years because we've been married for 20 years. Um, But my husband has a really amazing ear. He's, and he says, cause he's from Saskatchewan. He says he learned it listening to AM radio station, all the, you know, the Oak Ridge, Oak Ridge boys and all those types of things, listening to all those harmonies constantly while he was, you know, sitting on the combine or sitting on the tractor. I was uh, going to say a
0: that's a big thing. And mm-hmm. I definitely understand that because when you're sitting on a tractor or a combine or whatever for umpteenth hours, and you're just ready to scratch your eyeballs out by hour nine. Mm-hmm. And all you're listening to is AM radio because Saskatchewan FM frequencies die like ten minutes outside of a city. <laughs> it's always yeah. it's always those those old bands and everything. And yeah, you just you, <laughs> I practice harmonies all the time. It's yeah. Uh, so That's that that makes said. a lot of That's sense. That's where he learned it and i i guarantee you that's where the hunter brothers learned it too they probably have cb radios in their tractors and they practice while they're harvesting with each other (laughs) yes
1: yes it is true though you know he because he said he just like we were driving along even like we drive to jasper or somewhere jeff was always singing the harmony always and i always you know he said it just goes back to those hours and hours and hours on end sitting in a tractor you know, listening and hearing the harmony and singing along with the harmony. So it, it's worked out because yeah, he, he's an excellent, excellent person to have beside me. And he actually can be a really great, he's a great lead singer. He's very shy about it, but I always like nudge him and go sing the lead for a little while. Cause he's <laughs> actually really great at that too.
0: Yeah. That's but, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very cool that, I mean, both of you are very talented and, um, you, you put a video out with uh, all of you guys singing in that. I I can't remember what the song was. It was just a little bit ago. Um
1: Yeah, um a One Republic song yes. called I I Lived. Yeah, yeah. we also did a Sam was... Cook one as well. Uh, oh. Bring It On Home to Me.
0: I'm gonna go look that up.
1: Yeah. That the girls were a little bit younger there, but okay. um
0: very talented yeah. family.
1: My kid. My kids are very shy too, though. They would never get on a stage, but that's okay.
0: (laughs) I mean, after COVID's done, you can just be the Partridge family.
1: Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to get it. We'll just get a bus and we'll go.
0: Well, now you have experience (laughs) with traveling with your family in an RV. I
1: have. Yeah. That's that's something else crazy that we did. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So So should I tell that story? Yeah, I want to hear the whole thing. Like, how long were you out and (laughs) all of that?
1: So we sold everything we owned back in 2014. Insane. 2014, yeah, in (laughs) Leduc. And we sold everything, our house included. We just kept some personal items and my guitars, which you can see on the wall back here. Um, (laughs) And we bought a motorhome. And we traveled around North America, I shouldn't say North, so the US and Canada, um, pulled the girls out of school and homeschooled them. We traveled for about 18 months. And then we house sat an acreage back in Alberta here for another six months. And then we actually settled here in Devon after that. So yeah, we took off and we went all the way up to Alaska and then all the way down through BC, um Washington or the whole lake west coast of of the U.S. down to L.A. up back up to like Nevada all of those places kind of went over to the east coast then and up the east coast back into Canada and all the way to Newfoundland and then drove all the way from Newfoundland back across to Alberta just to have the experience to do it that's it was fun
0: that's an amazing thing uh now this is where my brain goes though my first thought is how expensive was the ferry ticket for an entire rv to newfoundland and back (laughs) because there's no bridge
1: you know what this is actually something we had to plan so we got to we got to outside of newfoundland and it was early in the season so we could only take the long ferry um so it yeah it we were wondering what we were going to do this is one of those great stories we're like what are we going to do we had met this couple from fort mcmurray an older couple kind of like a snowbird couple and uh like about two weeks before in a parking in a walmart parking lot in like nova scotia right they were the cutest couple and we were telling them about our plans well we get all the way to then newfoundland Outside. we get all the way to Nova Scotia to where we're re- ready to get on the, um, the ferry a couple of weeks later and they show up and they park next to us again. So we meet up with them accidentally again and they had just come back from Newfoundland. So they sat in our motorhome with us. This is the, what I love traveling. Cause you just meet people. They're so friendly, you know, they came into our RV we poured a couple of whiskeys and they helped us plan our entire trip to Newfoundland and showed us like, they're like, drop your Jeep off. You don't need to Jeep, leave it here. That's going to be really expensive. Take your motor home, put that on the ferry. That's going to cost you about five or 600 bucks, but then you can just sleep in your motor everywhere. And there's lots of places in Newfoundland where you can just like scooch off the side of the road and like sleep in your motor Yeah. <laughs> so we were in some parking spaces that were, were paid like in Saint John's and stuff, but for the most part, we we drove all all the way from Basques all the way across Newfoundland to Saint John's and then and then back again,
0: all um, like three hours of driving to get. Across. No,
1: it's a little bit more, <laughs> but it's a little bit more than that. But um, yeah, it, you know, it was just we never had a plan. We never had any plan. We really just lived for the moment, which was amazing we just had the most incredible time and the girls were seven and 11 at the time. So they're a really good age. They weren't yet, you know, teenagers. Um, They, they were, they loved it. They had so much fun and yeah, it, it was just such a good experience to experience living different than the normal everyday stresses of the rat race and all of those sorts of things. So, yeah,
0: that's, that's amazing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was the one thing I pulled out of that. How, how expensive was it to get to Newfoundland with an RV? Yeah,
1: it might've been even more than like five six. It was a lot of money. It, with So they they measure it, right? So behind our RV, we were pulling a Jeep. Right. So once we pulled the Jeep off, it made it quite a bit less expensive. So we, we worked up a, a thing with the um, Nova Scotia place that we were at, that we were staying at said can we like pay to leave the jeep here for a couple of weeks and they were like oh, don't pay anything just leave it here we'll make sure it's
0: god i love nova so scotia
1: oh my gosh so the east coast so friendly mm-hmm. love it like those people were amazing out there and we just had the best yeah the the very best time we even did we even did pei went to pei for like five or six days which was a, really cool experience as well
0: is a very cool place yeah um and very different from the rest of the east coast like Mm -hmm. the people the the topography the just the culture is very different it was it was fascinating to be over there compared to um and every every province kind of has their own thing it's interesting that's what i found when we're out there
1: I loved PEI. We we almost ended up on the nightly news in PEI, though. Uh-oh. It was very, very, very uh, almost terrible, but not terrible situation. We were on our way back to the ferry to go back. We'd got done the bridge on the way over, and we were taking the ferry back. And um, we were we were coming around a corner, and there was two people on bicycles, sort of merging somehow into the lane that we were driving. And like, we're driving like a 40 something foot bus, right? Like diesel pusher with a Jeep behind him. And they're both on pedal, like one little guy, like an elderly guy was on like an electric bike and the Mm. other chick, anyway, they come like this and they crash into each other right in front of our bus. Oh no. On the road. So my husband literally pulls the air brakes, like emergency brakes on tells everybody to like hold on to their seat. And we literally stop the bus. I'm going to say like two foot before we run over them. right? Like it was just, it was that moment where we took a breath and stand up to like see (laughs) if, and my husband's like, Oh my God, I hope, you know? And so, but what had happened was all the vehicles behind us thought we had hit them. Oh, no. and that's why they were lying on the ground in front of us and the poor fellow like he's an elder, elderly fellow had a broken arm because he oh. had he had collided with the other cyclist yeah so the citizens of pei banded together and kind of tried to arrest us <laughs> like it was like and we were like no no, no. And we didn't run over them like i we're trying to get out of the bus so that out of the motorhome so we could tend to them because they were really the older fellow was really not in a good way but there's one lady in particular thought we had run over them and we needed the police to come so she called the police the police showed up all like six police people on pi (laughs) Like, like the whole detachment that was on on duty they all came and they questioned the children and they questioned us separately in the bus and everything and the, the one RCMP officer says, well, I can clearly see that you didn't run over them. So it's okay. You know, everything's fine. And he was ca- still calming down the woman who thought for sh- like we had run over the citizen on PEI and it was, you know, and that in the meantime, this hours, hours had gone by. Finally, everybody leaves and the cop is still there. And he, and I said, I think we've missed the, the ferry. Like, I think we've literally missed the ferry and we had like nowhere to stay. And he was like, nah, you have 20 minutes. And well, I'm the only person patrolling this road. So if you drive fast enough, you'll get there. <laughs> so, the cop, so the cop was like so he was so great though. And he was like, I'm just kidding, don't speed, but you will get there. I'll phone ahead and tell them to they they literally phoned ahead and said there's a bus cut like a rv with a family coming, <laughs> they've just been through some stuff. Can you please make sure they get on the ferry? <laughs> so we did. We got on the ferry because of it. But yeah, like those people are no joke. They stand up for their their friends I, and their. I and mean, it actually was quite beautiful to see. Yeah. It's just that I was like, we didn't, we didn't go to person. It's fine.
0: That that's yeah. the most pee I think ever. Just oh yeah, people going no no no. <laughs>
1: You yeah, did, you yeah. did
0: not just hit one of ours. It's
1: people with Alberta Place are not coming out of PEI <laughs> until they go <going> to jail. <laughs> you know,
0: that, that's I so, no,
1: but it, it was funny.
0: That's yeah. something I noticed when I was out there. There's lots of people that have been to Alberta or were from Alberta, moved to Nova Scotia, but PEI is like untouched. Yeah, they're like they don't do outsiders moving there, it seems. No. It's it's, it's it's interesting they're like this little bubble hey,
1: they really were doing the bubble, bubble before a
0: bubble was a thing
1: yeah exactly beautiful place so amazing place and mm-hmm. just um you know i i couldn't get over the whole of the east coast but pi and nova scotia but pi how they just these like their your yaw- their lawns and their yards were just beautifully manicured they're, they're immaculate so, yeah immaculate just so much pride in where they live, you know, that's,
0: it's, yeah. It's yeah. amazing to see the, and <laughs> that's what was cool was they weren't even like, yeah, I'm proud to be Canadian. No, 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 no. Forget Canada. I'm proud to be not even an East coaster. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm proud to be from PEI, Nova Scotia. PEI. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's that. Um, Question They're, with the, with the Australian yeah. understanding of the Australian language, was it any easier to understand new
1: <laughs> You know what? A little bit. I think I did a little <laughs> bit better it. than my husband. I know <laughs> Because Australians talk really fast. Yeah. And I've had to slow, slow myself down, like slow myself down. And, so for me to hear everybody talking at once over top of each other fast, I'm like, I, I'm in my element, I get it. But my <laughs> husband hates it. When we go back to Australia, he's like, why does everybody have to talk over top of each other at the same time? I'm like, because that's how we do life. That's <laughs> that's what we do in Australia. So, but I will tell you, there was one little village out there in Newfoundland that we stopped at for lunch and I could not understand a word. I can't even remember where we were, but it was... I was like, are these people talking English? Because no, I don't, there's not a word that I understand right now. (laughs) So I just nodded. Yeah, that's what you can do. (laughs) Yeah.
0: My my most mind-blowing one was when I found out that they can turn that on and off.
1: So they can actually
0: talk normal. Well, normal, but like the way the rest of the country talks. Um, And
1: not use all their slang. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause I met this um, lady that was playing at a bar that I was playing at and she was from Newfoundland originally had lived in Calgary for a while and then moved back to Newfoundland. And I was like, man, I would not have guessed you're from Newfoundland. You have no accent. And then all of a sudden she switched into it. I couldn't understand a freaking word. (laughs) I'm like, Oh wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's (laughs) so -hmm. you can turn it off.
1: (laughs) We have a bit of a similar thing in Australia. When, when my sister comes here to visit or when we're on the phone it's hilarious because people will just be like i have no idea what you guys are talking about right now because we go into full north queensland slang and everything you know is hard to decipher but i had to change that because i got really sick of people just staring blankly at me like what is she talking about like drive-thrus were a hazard especially I just, just had this thing where no matter what drive through I went through, I always got Sprite and I would ask for it. didn't matter what I asked for, they would always give me Sprite. <laughs> so, I why? Was, yeah, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. It just it, like when i take say Coke,
0: it sounded like Sprite? Sprite.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> and I certainly didn't ask for water because they're like, What? I want some water. He <laughs> <I> went, What? <laughs> water. <laughs>
0: i i i kind of feel bad for jeff in this situation because like i i know the type of accents he grew up with which is what Uh i grew up with is is the old Uh farmers going yeah the weather today hey Mm, Mm -hmm. yep it's like oh that's slow for me
1: (laughs) well what when we first when my mom first came here my mom goes after about a week she goes really quietly to me one day she goes why do the Canadians talk so slow?
0: <laughs> it, you know what the reason is? Our brains what? are cold; they move slower.
1: It could be. I think very. It's it's a Canadian thoughtful thing, like thinking about what you think. like. Australian, we don't think about what we're going to say; we just say it. That's, We've got no filter.
0: That's we fair enough. Care. Yeah, that's why yeah. I was wondering if you were like could do the newfie thing a little easier than some other people because it it has a similar feel
1: but yeah uh, and i and i think if (laughs) i think when i've been on the phone to my family i get very australian and start talking that's a a fascinating thing
0: people that are like speak another language or have a completely different dialect when they talk to their family it just goes right Mm -hmm. back my friend had a grandpa who immigrated from austria and he had a very thick accent, but he, you could understand I'm talking to him. But when he talked to his buddies, even in English, it was like, Whoa, yeah,
1: <laughs> like,
0: yeah. <laughs> I, that's, I know that's English, but I don't understand it. Yeah. It was so no, it's garbled.
1: Yeah. It's um, that comfort of knowing that they can understand you. So you just let yeah. your guard down.
0: Exactly. It's a my comfortable, family comfortable for the
1: first time the first five years that I lived here, my family in Australia would give me such a hard time about sounding. So Canadian it sounds so Canadian, so Canadian, you know, now it just, they let me alone. It's been long enough, but
0: I, I don't understand why. Well, maybe it's cause you say water instead of water.
1: Maybe if you heard one of my family members from Australia, you would hear how strong their accents are compared to mine now. So. Fair
0: enough. Fair enough, yeah. but you've kind of like Chris Hemworth it, where you slowly yeah. like you're still Australian, but you're Australian to North Americans.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <To> Australians are <laughs> Chris.
1: I've Chris Hemworth it. I like I, j- <laughs> I just made that
0: up, but I am making it a thing.
1: You did. You just you just verbed that up. All right. The, Chris the, Hemworth it. All the right. other
0: the other Hemworth brothers don't have that same thing for some reason. I'm okay with it, but I'm just going to go
1: watch YouTube videos now and see
0: that that's definitely not an excuse just to watch Chris Hembler's right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Research. I'm doing accent research. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, It was really cool to have you as a guest being that I was a guest and you were the reason that I started a podcast. So This is a a full circle type of deal.
1: Uh, You're so welcome. I absolutely love um, being in your world for that, the time that I was coaching and I love still being here and I love, I'm like such a fan of you and everything that you're doing. And so, yeah, I'm just happy to be on your podcast for sure.
0: Well, thank you very much. Um, That, that does mean a lot. And uh, yeah, it was nice to, catch up cuz we haven't chatted for a while since uh since we were done the coaching for quite a bit now actually we kind of ended in fall i think it was
1: yeah yeah before the end of the year so yeah it's been a few months and and uh like i said i'm always like i'm always watching and checking in to see what you're doing and um you know i just think that whatever you do i know you're going to do it i know you're going to fully commit to it and you're going to um, you know, never be short of ideas ever. I know this about <laughs> you, Justin Larash. never be short of ideas. So I'm very proud of you, everything you've done for sure. Uh,
0: well, thank you. I, I really Welcome. appreciate that. Um, so if people are interested in either the podcast, your group coaching or reaching out for one-on-one coaching, how can they reach you for everything that you're doing?
1: Oh, and yeah. your music.
0: Cause you're a musician with released music. I'm I, yes, I didn't mean to put that second, but no,
1: that's like, okay. there's
0: so many things going on. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have the podcast is called the meant for music podcast, M-E-A-N-T number four music podcast. And you can find me on all platforms. And for the coaching programs, you can find me under Joe Jansen, dot ncom that's, uh, I actually just had this conversation with my, my daughter. So I was like, do they say Z or Z in Canada? They're like, mom, you've been here longer than we have. We don't know. <laughs> so I'm going with Zed, it, it, It's it's Z-E-N. Z e n. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And you can find me on Spotify and yeah, just looking at, look out for a new project from me and my husband that's coming up and you'll be able to find me any, anywhere online with that. So.
0: I am excited for that.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm really looking
0: forward to it. Uh, Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And uh, definitely anybody listening, go check out uh, Joe's stuff. You will not be disappointed with either the coaching, the podcast or the music. So thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out.
1: You're welcome. Thank you so much, Justin.